This is your host, Natalie Allport, and welcome to the All In Podcast. Today, I am so, so excited about this guest because she is none other than Annie Guglia, who recently made history as Canada's sole women's skateboarder in the Skateboard Street event at the Olympic Games. And this was the first Olympic Games that had skateboarding. And um, it's a pretty amazing story that she has. I will give some insight because we actually recorded this a few weeks ago. And that was when she got the news that she was not going to make the Olympic Games. At that time, her world ranking had slipped from 18th to 23rd and only the top 20 in the world was going to go and compete in the women's street skateboarding at the Olympic Games. Uh, we, we did this interview as she came out of her quarantine. Once she was kind of getting back into the swing of things, she was accepting that. Um, and then a few weeks later, we actually met up. We did a skateboarding. You can go check that out on my YouTube channel where I tried to take on a day of her training. And then literally a few days later, she got the last minute call up that because someone, an athlete from the Netherlands contracted COVID, she got to be the first alternate in the event. So literally Friday morning, the event was Sunday, Sunday night. And I'm talking in North American time because the time difference of this Olympics are really tripping me up. But she flew to Tokyo last minute. She got there and with hardly any practice, then somebody got injured and she got into the event. She placed 19th overall. She had the biggest smile of the whole event. And now she is called an Olympian and got to be a part of this historic moment for the sport of skateboarding, for the lifestyle of skateboarding and just the Olympics in general. So I'm so incredibly stoked for her. I can't wait to have her again on the podcast and talk about that whole um, experience and going from not believing that you were going to make the Olympics and dealing with that into making it. Uh, it's been a whirlwind journey for her. And so I'm excited to share this story, but wanted to add in that context because we actually performed this interview before she found out that she was going to go and fly to Tokyo. Now in this podcast, we talk about a multitude of topics from what her training looks like as a skateboarder in the Olympics, what she even thinks about skateboarding getting into the Olympics, some of the main advice and tips she has um, when it comes to the next generation of athletes and skateboarders. We also talk about mindset, mental health, mental performance, and some very important topics about you know what she what she went through during her Olympic journey and the real behind the scenes of that. So I'm so excited to bring you guys this episode. I know you'll really enjoy it, and I hope you give it a listen because I will definitely make sure to get her on so we can talk about the journey that she had once she did go to Tokyo. And if you haven't yet checked out that YouTube video of me skateboarding with Annie, definitely go check it out. Annie is amazing, and if you have any interest in ever starting skateboarding, if you don't already, you're definitely going to want to check that out because she gives some tips on how to ollie, how to kickflip, how to do some of the basics. So without further ado, let's go all in. Welcome to the All In Podcast. Annie, what's up? So glad to have you on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How's it going now that you're just kind of coming out of quarantine? Oh, it feels good. Like, because I was gone for two months for the um, Olympic qualifiers and then I just got back. And yesterday or like, yeah, I've been out of quarantine for two days. So it feels good to be like home and it's summer and it's like June too. So, and the weather's nice. So it's pretty good. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I really want to ask you about your Goldfish Cracker partnership because Goldfish Crackers are like the best. So please tell me about that. Okay, so yeah, they just like, they wanted... Uh, I guess like two summer Olympians for their campaign and they hit me up and I was like, and it was like, that was like two years ago. So it was oh, wow. like at the beginning of almost like our qualifying process. And it was like one of my first times, like having like a big company hit me up and be like, we want to, they actually wanted me like on the package. Oh, and so I was like, this is so crazy. Anyway. And, um, and so it didn't work out that way, but like I have like displays of me in in grocery stores <laughs> and I haven't seen one in person yet but people keep like sending me photos I'm hyped I can't wait to see one in person I kind of yeah. like want to steal one yo that would actually be so that, awesome that, like can I do that you think ah uh, I feel like if you walk into a grocery store and they like saw you and you're like can I just take me they they might yeah maybe, maybe. my mom is a sales rep for like um a different like cookie cracker company and so she's the one like it's the sales reps that get sent those displays and then they display them in the grocery store so i think like the sales reps might care more than the grocery yeah. store but they probably won't be there so but that's what i do for vans actually oh nice so I, I like put like signs with like the new oh yeah like pop and stuff so i know i, I know i won't steal it Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it'd be cool or whenever like that whole campaign ends I'm sure you could probably get your hands on one probably yeah I, so I want to talk about uh like when skateboarding first got announced into the Olympics because it's fairly recent and I kind of went through the same thing because it was when I was coming up in snowboarding all of a sudden it was announced into the Olympics and so just being around everyone and the vibe and like the conversations which were both positive and negative about it being around were like uh, you know, just at an all-time high. So I'd love to learn about the skateboard community and how they kind of took that, you know, announcement of being in the Olympics and then how you personally took it. I, okay, so I think it was like in 2015, they started talking about it. And then I think it was announced in 2016. So I was actually, I was studying, I was doing my master's in business strategy and I had to pick a subject for my master's thesis. And I was like, that's like, that's kind of a good subject. Like in, because the, obviously like I would hear my friends and even myself, like at the time I was like Olympics, like that's like skateboarding in the Olympics. is <laughs> So weird. Like everybody was like talking like about it in like a negative way almost. And I was just curious to know what the, the like people in business in skateboarding thought about it, because obviously it's going to give a big boost and like, but it's super like, Com commercial and mainstream yeah. so I was like and uh, and it's almost like snowboarding like the subculture of skateboarding is like anti-commercialization and all that so I was like oh it's like it's good so basically that's what I studied and it helped me to think about it and like and hear a bunch of different point of views about it from the business side but and also like from the participant or like from skaters side and um at first I was really like that's going to be so weird. But then I thought like, it's going to be like snowboarding. Like it's just going to create those two worlds where people like train for the Olympics or just like keep snowboarding, like in a, like normal or like the, the core industry. So, yeah. and I think that's, what's going to happen with skateboarding to be honest. But, um, so at first I was like, Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> and I was like a little bit like, almost like ashamed to be like, to, yeah. because all my friends were like, ah, like, F the Olympics uh, and I was yeah. like I'm trying <laughs> and, but then the conversation like I I think we saw the conversation changed within the past two years a lot like now even like the kids kids who start skateboarding they're like 
Olympics are cool. Like I want to go to the Olympics. And it's like, kind of, it's kind of cool. And like, not just like, like jock, yeah. <laughs> like, like, the, like I think the whole industry got behind it and not, not all of it, obviously, but like a good majority of people are like not against it, if, but uh, uh, yeah. And like probably the same thing for you. Like I didn't grow up thinking I would be an Olympian or go to the Olympics and like, or even like try to go to the Olympics. So I mean, it's, it's like, I think it just creates a new path for people who want to take that route. And then people who don't like, it doesn't change anything for the rest of the world. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. I think it actually like brings more attention to the rest because as people get into skateboarding or snowboarding, like for example, it was with slope style and then skateboarding would be like the park and the street. Then they'll be like, Oh, like I want to go watch the films and the movies. And so it's going to help, I think all parts, but I definitely feel you. I remember, I think I was at Camp of Champions, which doesn't run anymore, but it was like the Glacier Summer Camp in Whistler. And there was a few like pro street rail riders at this party I was at. And they were like right across the table from me trying to like say, oh, it's so stupid that it's in the Olympics. And I was like, mm, I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah, it's so I'll, awkward. Yeah, I, I, I got like really okay with it relatively fast like at the beginning I remember at the beginning of quarantines I was making TikToks like like I'm not sure and not and like but after a while like you you gotta accept your own choices too and I was like you know what like and I saw all the positive that came out of it like because I'm getting a, like I'm personally getting a lot of attention but skateboarding in general but also like me as a, so I could see it from like my perspective of like getting a lot of attention and then having a lot of people reach out to me personally and being like I saw you on TV, like my little girl wants to start skating and like, and even just for that, I think it's worth it. Like you said, like it's, it brings, like it showcases snow, uh, skateboarding to and snowboarding, but like to a lot of people. And then it just like brings them into the culture and then they can stay or not. But like, at least they get introduced in a way. Like my first skateboard was like, I didn't go to a core skate shop when I was 11. Like I went to sport expert or like yeah. where I went, but like, and then I got a skateboard and it was like a shitty one. But then my parents were like, okay, like she keeps doing it. And then they bought me like, we, and then we went to a skate shop and they bought me like skate videos. And that's how I got introduced to skateboarding. But I didn't like, like I got introduced in a very mainstream way. So I understand like that not everybody's going to be introduced by like a core skateboarder to skateboarding. So if right. they see a <laughs> goldfish thing in the grocery store and they're like oh skateboarding goldfish I like goldfish like you know what I mean like it could be anything <laughs> yeah and I think it's such a good point that you made about like the young kids coming in because I know for example for me with snowboarding like when I was a kid I told my parents I wanted to go to the Olympics someday it's like my goal and then but back then I was playing hockey in different sports and then all of a sudden when I switched to snowboarding I had to quit all those other sports and so for them it was really tough because they see I'm going to this anti-establishment type sport the, they were scared about the culture that like you go from being like a high level athlete in, in a more traditional sport to like a culture of partying and all these things. So they were really worried. And then they thought that I was giving up on the Olympic dream. So of course, when the Olympics got announced, that made them feel much more comfortable about everything um, and the path I was on. So it'd be cool for young athletes now to be on the same path where I think the sports will get a big resurgence because parents will be more comfortable putting their kids in it. They're, they're not going to be like, oh, our, my kid is going to the skate park and it's going to be drinking and doing stuff there's maybe like they can be part of a different side of it yeah exactly now there's like I think it just opens like it opens skateboarding to the like more types of people 
if that makes yeah. sense. Sorry, if that makes sense. Because like, like I, when, looking back, like I didn't like, I don't know. I don't think like, like I'm not a big partier and like, I'm pretty, like I was really in my bubble and literally like every day I was going to the skate park and everybody was like smoking weed or whatever. And yeah. like, I wasn't like, I was just like in my bubble trying to learn my feebles and like trying to learn like, <laughs> yeah. with my friends. And like, and I, I think like that part of skate, like people see the, like people who come chill at the skate park a lot, but like people who are really good at skateboarding, like they, they were skating, they weren't drinking. And like, yeah. you can't, like obviously like it's part of it, but like you, you don't become good at skating by like being the one at the picnic table at the skate park, no. you know, so that it's there, but it's not like, and I think that's what people are trying are, are like actually seeing now. It's like, it, it's, <laughs> I know it's like a bad it's in skateboarding. It's like, okay, skateboarding is not a sport. It's a lifestyle, but like <laughs> it is a sport. Like, I mean, it's, it's the, the physical part of it is like very, it's a, it's a physical activity. Yeah. <laughs> people want to say it, but like, so yeah. Okay. You can like drink or do all these things and that's fine. But like, if you want to be a good skateboarder, you have to be skateboarding. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, like that's how you become good yeah well 100 percent. that that being said i would love to know like what your training look like um at least over like these past few years like how often are you skateboarding because i think people don't realize like with skateboarding and snowboarding too it's not like you spend two hours in the pool it's like it's like your life right like you're like out there like all day so i'd love to know that and then if you did any like gym training or different things like that yeah yeah so when i was like honestly i was almost skating more when i was growing up like <laughs> because i was like like let's say like the whole summer I would leave at um, like nine in the morning come back at night nine at night and I would spend the whole day at the skate park now I'm like a little bit I pace myself a little bit more because like you you realize after a while that if you're skating for like five hours like after five hours you're getting tired and you should probably like stop and do something else anyways so uh, I never skate more than uh, that's not true but like most of the time I'll skate less than like about between two to five six hours or like but like if I'm chilling at the skate park then I can stay a whole day but like if I'm actually skating like yesterday I went and uh, two days ago like I went skating I skated for five hours after five hours my legs were like jello oh yeah like <laughs> and then if you're trying to like flip into stuff and like, that's how you get hurt so I try to limit it to five hours a day um and I skate I try to skate as much as possible obviously it depends on, on the weather and stuff but like this winter for example I was going five times a week um and since I was skating by myself because of COVID I was like alone at Taz skate park which is a skate park in Montreal so I was like skating for like two three hours by yourself is enough to be honest and I try to take breaks something I learned is I <laughs> take breaks every hours <laughs> to drink water and and eat a little bit because like I could skate for six hours without drinking water that's not good <laughs> kids <laughs> yeah water um and then so like i don't so now like i skate i want to say like five times a week five hours a day or something so like 25 hours a week is like mm -hmm. would be like the training but most of the time like so there's skate training and then there's skate for fun so like let's say i go to the skate park and like work on tricks and stuff for like two hours or work on like consistency and like try to make lines but if my friends come like I'm still gonna stay at the skate park skate for fun maybe spend the whole night there like stay there 
for five hours after. So anyway, so it's hard to tell, like, I don't have a specific schedule, but like, honestly, like I try to train on my board for like 25 hours a week. And then the yeah. rest of the time I skate for fun. And I had a interview with Seb Tooth and I was like, I was actually telling him like, I skate and I skate, like it's two different things. Like I go skate training and then I go skate for fun. And every day I like put an intention on what I'm going to do at the skate park, because if I don't, then I end up like, you don't see your progression. You still progress. Like no matter if you're on your board, you're still progressing. But like when you're actually training for the Olympics, you're trying to like give yourself goals every day. So yeah. And then uh, there's a nutrition part and all that, that changed. So that's something like I try to be way more, careful with what I eat and make sure I have energy and I don't crash. Um, and then outside of skateboarding, I, so with COVID it's weird, but I have like two times a week, I have like actual workouts with on zoom with like Canada skateboard. Yeah. So two, three times a week. Um, but other than that, I always like, I do an hour of yoga a day approximately. And I still work out. Like I, I try to work out or like go for a run or something like for 30 minutes a day outside of skating so yeah that's it's not I, honestly it's not structured and I hope in the future like other skateboarders can have like an actual plan maybe like I kind of made that myself with how I felt and how what I wanted to do so yeah well, I think snowboarding was kind of the same like you know we'd have training camps where we'd be on like for example Seb would be there and there'd be um like the snowmobiles and they'll take you up but like I think one of the things about snowboarding is like you sit on the lift the chairlift so yeah. you get a rest like every few minutes which is not the case in skateboarding yeah you never rest <laughs> yeah there's no no chilling there's no rest so that's like a big difference I think because I used to be like oh I'll snowboard like 12 hours a day but when you actually count the amount of time you spend snowboarding it's like a few hours maybe because you spend more time on the chairlift, uh, maybe inside taking breaks or whatever it is. But when they started doing those snowmobile camps, that's when it kind of felt like skateboarding because you're nonstop on your snowboard. You're not even strapping out. Uh, you're just getting towed behind. And that's when it was like two, three hours. Like you said, like you can't go further than that because you're nonstop jumping, 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 hitting the same rail, whatever it is. Um, you're yeah, dead after that. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like skating, you're just like always going back and forth. And every time you you all you squat like up and then squat like that and then you like do your thing and then you land and then you push and then you push and then you land and then you stop and then you turn around and then yeah and then you pop and then you so it, like it people are like yeah but you're on wheels like it's like you're, it's not like <laughs> oh no, it's, it's no it's so much work and especially like if you're doing so a 45 second run like when like a what you're doing in a contest for example yeah. like I'm tired after 45 seconds. Yeah. Like, and when you have practice for competition, it's 45 minutes of, of, and you only have 45 minutes, like two or three days, maybe before a competition. So you have three 45 minute trainings and then the competition. So in those 45 minutes, like that's when I skate the most in my life. Like I'm never that tired, like as tired as when I am in a 45 minute training for a competition because you're doing 45 second runs for 45 minutes yeah <laughs> and yeah so it's yeah no it's it's uh it's it's hard and then it depends what you're doing like if you're street skating or, or for example like you're still doing you're trying to film one trick for example but you can try for two hours jumping down the same set of stairs like you said so that would be similar to what you guys are doing in, in slope style i think 
Yeah. Well, and I think that like more should be said about the importance of like some sort of training structure, but also like nutrition for energy and recovery. Because when you think about skateboarding, similar to snowboarding, they're very power sports in a sense, like you're, you're doing your max pop, right? Like to get up and then do this technical trick, which requires like a lot of brain function, which is not, you know, that fluctuates throughout the day. You're not always like on, and, um, you need to be able to then like land and absorb it. And those things like when say a sprinter goes to train, they might do like their very explosive training only a couple times a week because they know their nervous system is super tired the next day, which is not the case like skating and snowboarding. You've got to train every single day. Those things that like actually can take multiple days to actually fully recover. So and it is really interesting. Like, it's very challenging. Yeah. And you can get hurt every time too. Like it's yeah. not like, I feel like sprinting, for example, like you can get hurt, but it's not like the same amount of danger in like every single day yeah so that's another thing but yeah so one thing that happened to me is when I started like actually training for the Olympics my energy level went like Mm. like within like a year and I was like why am I like so tired and one thing and then so I saw a nutritionist and one thing she said like she was like what do you eat and I told her and then I got a I got a like a apple watch at the same around the same time and she was like track what you eat for like a month or something and then I'll see you again because I had no idea yeah and then I I came and we had the the, like follow-up or something and she was like okay so when you're skating you're like burning this amount and then you're eating this amount (laughs) so you need to eat at least a thousand more calories a day and I was like (laughs) how am I supposed to eat and I was already like I eat a lot like in in yeah. life and so I had to she was like so this is the kind of breakfast breakfast that you should eat and it's like like two eggs a full bagel like cream cheese and then like this much vegetables <laughs> and like this and that and I was like okay and I started doing that and like it really helped yeah and then she's like that's what when she said like every hour because she was like okay I'm going skating for like three hours a day she's like what do you eat and I was like what do you mean <laughs> like, yeah a cucumber <laughs> like water <laughs> sometimes maybe a little bit of water you know so she's like okay so I have like this big bottle that I have to and then I put electrolytes in it and mm-hmm. and then every hour I stop and I actually eat something not like a little bar or something like but I literally like I only brought a banana and a cucumber every time I went skating for like three to five hours and then I sometimes didn't eat for like another hour or two after. And like, that's not good if you, it's okay if you do it a day or two a week, maybe. But if you do that every single day, like I was getting like, <laughs> I didn't feel good at all. Yeah. And now, so that, that really helped. And then there's all the mental side of it. But like, even the physical side wasn't even like, my, my needs weren't even met. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's a really common issue because if you're say like a kid who's growing up in swimming, your coach from like day one is teaching you about nutrition and all those things, but like often skateboarding, snowboarding, maybe you don't, you probably don't have a coach growing up. Even if you do, those coaches aren't necessarily like, that's just not the culture. It's like, you know, go skate, hear the tricks. Um, but they're not going to be like, you need to eat this and this and this, but that's, that's the difference between like some of the traditional sports and the action sports. And I think if we can take some of those lessons from the traditional sports we can be much better action sport athletes yeah and ultimately it's all about being like good skateboarders like it's 
yeah, you, like we use the word athletes, but it's still like, I want to see how far people can push skateboarding. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. What was the transition like having a coach? Because I know actually like Adam, he used yeah. to coach in snowboarding. So he yeah. coached one of the junior world championships that I was at. So oh, really? I love Adam. He's awesome. So what yeah. was it like? Yeah. Having a coach maybe for the first time and going from, you know, riding solo to having someone you kind of have to maybe report to or get, you know, listen to at least. Yeah. Um, so, um, so in skateboarding, I mean, I guess people know, but like in skateboarding, obviously like coaching was not a thing. Even like, there's like <laughs> some, like even like um, people say that you can't really teach skateboarding. I don't believe it's true, but I think you can teach like the technical aspects of it. And like, but anyway, so first for, obviously I didn't have a coach for 16 years. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and when the Olympics happened, like, it, we went really slowly with coaching and skateboarding, like, because we wanted to figure out a way to do it well. Like we didn't want to be like, okay, so here's a gymnastic coach. Like it doesn't yeah. obviously like it won't work for Like people are going to be pissed. <laughs> like they don't yeah. want a gymnastic coach and skateboarding. So we had to figure out and Adam like came in as the high performance director. And he like, he's really chill. Like, because all of us have been skateboarding for so long. Like we don't need someone to come and like, be like, this is what you're going to do today. Like, we just need support for now, I think. And I think he's learning to like how to deal with skateboarders, but in the future, I think it's going to be good to have an, like actual coaches. Um, yeah. And the way I, like for me, it was hard because I remember the first, I don't even think I told that, <laughs> but the first uh, world championships that we had, I think it was like the 2018 world championships. I was like, yeah, I'll listen to like what everybody is telling me. Like, I'll just be like the, and then I, like they switched my run like last second they're like mm -hmm. oh like you should like like you're doing two front boards like maybe like switch it up that will roll like right before I like I didn't practice and they switched it up and I messed up and I was like you know what like if I mess up I want to mess up because of me like I don't want to mess up because of someone else um and so like that got me really pissed and like I backed out of like wanting to get coached for a little bit yeah. but he's he's like it wasn't even just him it was like other people saying stuff like people were like oh like this is gonna be your run like and I, like it wasn't even Adam like Adam's doing a great job but like that one time and also it was the first time for me like having people telling me what to do so anyways I I was like I was like I want to do like if I mess up I want I want it to be my fault yeah. <laughs> and so um but what we've been doing is like we've been working for three years now I think and uh now like we we know how to work together and like he's he's awesome. Like he said, like, he's really good. Uh, he's becoming really good at like knowing what tricks are worth too. Like, mm -hmm. because even us, like I know all the tricks, but I don't know like the points that it's going to get and stuff. So he's getting into the very like strategic aspect of it, which is something you don't have time to think when you're skating. Yeah. Like when you're in the competition, like for skateboarding, for example, like it's super strategic of like, okay, so these people have like these amount of points. And if you want to like go up and stuff, so so the, the strategic aspect of it is really fun to have someone to think about instead of yeah. you having to think about it while you're skating um so I think for that it's really good it's been really good and just like for me the biggest thing is like moral support almost like just having someone like you know someone's there for you if you need anything like even like a bottle of water but also like just like just knowing that there's people there 
who are like rooting for you in person like it for yeah. me that that was the biggest thing and and uh, yeah but so income that's in competition and outside of competition like one thing that I liked is because I'm not used to having a coach so what we did is like it's not like he wasn't there every day but every like two days or something like or every almost every day I was like sending him clips I was filming myself at the skate park and I was like sending him clips and stuff and we would talk about it and then I had surveys to fill every morning and night about like what I ate and how I felt yeah. and stuff and what I learned skating or if I skated or not or what I did <laughs> it was really cool and then every week we would have a call and talk about it so that's how like we made it work And it worked for me to be at a distance because I don't think I would like to have someone coming to the skate park with me every day. <laughs> yeah. like, that would be really weird. Um, but I see really good, like, I think it's going to be a really good thing for like people growing up with this, like for future skateboarders. But for me, it would have to be like a friend. Like I wouldn't want yeah. like someone random, like Adam would be cool. Like I would yeah. go to the skate park every day with Adam, but not like with a random person. <laughs> Yeah, right. I, I I think it's the same in snowboarding. Like now it's super normal. There's like coaching programs, like private coaching programs, and like they'll have coaches on the jumps, not even with their snowboard on, like, you know, with their walkie talkie and talking. And yeah, right. like it's super professional now. But I it was the same thing, like exactly your experience that you described was what it was like at the start. So then right. it slowly progressed. So who knows? We might get to the day where skateboarding, you'll have like a crew of kids at the park and their coaches will be standing there and filming and reviewing yeah, well, everything it's, it's like that in other countries because like oh wow for like a lot of okay so it's been like four years and in those four years like I've been skating since I was 11 like I have 50 I had 15 years of skateboarding like in me but a lot of the kids just like got into skateboarding like the girl who's the second right now in the world is like 13 or 14 there's like that sky there's like or? there's three girls in the top 20 who are like less than 14 or 15 years old <laughs> Crazy. so these girls like basically started skating with coaches like they have coaches every day and they go to the skate park and they train and so that make like you can see it makes such a big difference and especially when you're like between 10 and 14 if you already have um good potential like to be a good skateboarder like you're already like i don't know like And what's the word like you like danger and like you're yeah like, you're fearless you're like, and you're coachable and like all these things like it's it's easy to like create a really good skateboarder yes <laughs> so I think um and I think that's going to be good for because it's going to push the level of skateboarding and hopefully like hope, the only thing that, that I don't like about that is like I know these kids love it because they were skateboarding before but it, like the the um, olympic like aspect of like taking kids and just like creating athletes like that's kind of weird to me like I yeah. like I've taught skateboarding to kids and some of them like they don't like it <laughs> like you know like it's fine right. then just go do something else but the kids that do like it like and it's cool that they're gonna have support like the and I, but I just hope they're gonna have the, the level of support that they want right yeah and be guided in the right direction not like force like in some yeah. countries it's literally like take away from family force you to do this sport because we think you could be good yeah it's crazy I mean, that's that's already starting in skateboarding and it's weird yeah i that it's like very anti-culture because i think sometimes they accept it in like weightlifting or swimming or track but like for in this new sports so skateboarding that already aren't used to having coaches and things 
that would be super strange. But I, I want to talk about like the mindset stuff. Cause I think what's really cool about the sport, like skateboarding and snowboarding was similar where like failure is like, you didn't land a trick. For example, you get direct failure type feedback right there that you didn't land this. And then you're like, you have to overcome it in the moment, which I think makes you really resilient for like anything you do in life, because with swimming or something different, you could be like swimming as fast as you can. And you don't really know what went wrong. Your coach might try to tell you, you can say, Oh, like here, you put one finger like this or something. Um, but for you, you know, it feels good or like someone just beat you or whatever it is, but with skateboarding and snowboarding, because of the trick aspect, like, you know, if you landed it or you didn't land it, so I'd love to learn about like some of those things that you learned in skateboarding that now carry over into like your mindset in all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. And just to like take on something that you just said, sometimes you like, for example, in Rome, the last contest I did, like I landed everything, mm-hmm. but like I was happy with how I skated, but I wasn't enough to be in the top 20 for the Olympics. Blah, blah, blah. And I had, to, and I, as a skateboarder, I was like, you know what? Like I skated good. Like yeah. I, Like, I was like, I landed my tricks, even though, like, I didn't, I was like, so that really helped me because, and I think maybe, like, I don't know, but, like, as, like, if you're a swimmer, for example, like, you're not going to be like, oh, but I swam well. Like, it's always compared to the others. Right. But, like, I was like, you know what, like, I landed the nollie lip, like, during the competition, like, that was, like, a scary one for me, and I did it, like, and then I landed the people 181st try in, like, first trick for like I was like ah, I did good like I have nothing to be like um like sad about because right. then it's about what other people did like other people did better than me like right. at that point like it's not my fault yeah <laughs> they know? can't control what tricks they know how to do that you you don't know how to do yet exactly. or whatever it is yeah um so I just wanted to <laughs> so I because I thought about that I was like that's kind of funny like It's true. Like it could, because it helped me. Yeah. And if I was a swimmer, I couldn't say that. I don't think I could. I don't know. No, you're always playing the comparison game. I think that is the cool part. Like yeah. same with snowboarding. Like you can't think of, oh, Jamie Anderson can do this trick and I can't do that. It's like, I can just control what I can control. Maybe she'll fall. Maybe she won't. If she lands all her tricks, I know it's going to be me, but that's okay. That's like, that's what happens in competition. Yeah. So, um, for the, um, Well, skateboarding is basically like same thing. It's cool because it looks, it's, yeah, it's similar to snowboarding. So it can take years to learn how to kickflip, which is not even a big trick in skateboarding. It's like yeah. the basic of skateboarding. So skateboarding is a really hard sport. And one thing that it teaches you is you, you need to work like for what you want. And it's not going to come easy. Like a scooter, you can just take it and you already know how to use it. Skateboarding yeah. is going to take you months before you can like maybe drop in. Oh yeah. Like, so it's, it's, um, it's not like a, a sport where you get fast. Um, what's the word? Like, um, like you progress really quickly. Yeah, exactly. Like, or, um, like instant gratification. Oh like, yeah. You don't, really <laughs> <get it>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you have to delay gratification so much and you learn that. So that's good. Um, and also the fact that in skateboarding, you're like, you can't blame anybody because it's an individual sport. You can't blame anybody else than you. And that's one thing like that helped me with not qualifying with the Olympics. I was like, I could be saying like, oh, like, ah, oh, the judges, oh, this or that. But like, at the end of the day, like, 
it's it's just about what I can control. And that's something that in skateboarding, like you you learn to focus on only on the things that you can control. So that's good. Yeah. Um and I mean there's like very cheesy stuff I'm trying to like obviously like perseverance and resilience and all these things. Uh, but like and I think it's like also the community aspect of skateboarding. Like you learn <clears throat> to like help others because like if someone's struggling with a trick, like I know how hard it is. I know and everybody's gonna have different um different um like tips for like let's say for kickflip like everybody has different tips and so it's cool to be able to like give your own advice to somebody and sometimes it works sometimes it really doesn't and it's kind of cool I don't know I like it um and then yeah there's like honestly so much like skateboarding is like I guess also like creative the creative aspects of skateboarding because like everybody gets us like if you give a skateboard to a thousand people like they're gonna learn different tricks they're gonna want to do different tricks with it some people will just want to like learn how to roll and like do but that's what that's what they like about it some people really want to get super technical and like it's just very creative because it's not like you need to like in gymnastics for example like you need to learn Mm. in like order the the tricks like with skateboarding you you can like really express or that's the cheesy way to say it but like or express yourself but like learn the bag of tricks that you think is cool or that like if I look okay backsmith is fun like it looks really cool I want to learn backsmiths and then you work on them and then you can do them but if there's some tricks that I'm like I don't want to do these I don't have to nobody's going to tell me like oh you need to learn feebles before you can do this trick and like so I don't know it's fun I like it yeah no, I, I enjoyed hearing you talk about that because I totally agree about all those different things, the creativity, the perseverance. And I think like people really underestimate how much you can take from action sports into like all aspects of life, especially parents. Because they think like, oh, action sports are going to ruin my kid. They're going to turn into this, whatever. I'm like, you learn like really healthy mental habits and like skills through the sports because like you said, you don't get that instant gratification. You, you, it could take years. Like I remember I would tell my parents, no, I can't go in and eat. I'm trying to land a kickflip. Like I would do it all day or like I'd be on my curb for hours by myself trying to land like just one little grind. And like, where do you do that? Right. Where do you do that in another sport? And where are athletes self-motivated to do that? Because often as a kid, their parents will drop them off at swimming. They do it because they have to or whatever it is. But like it's skateboarding. It's like, no, you are driven to do that yourself. Exactly. And it really teaches like autonomy. And like, that's what I meant by like, like in um, since it's an individual sport, like self, I think that's like you said it perfectly, like self-motivation and like I never had someone telling me like you need to learn any of those tricks until I was like 26 or and I was like ah (laughs) I should really learn tricks for like competition because before before the Olympics I wasn't like I did competition a little bit but it wasn't like a thing but now they're like standardizing a little bit like the skate parks or the the what's the word like the well it's a skate park for like competition like the okay yeah becoming like a little bit more standardized like you'll always have like a big rail like a big section with like big rail and big set of stairs and like then there's like 
so it's becoming a little bit standardized but they don't one thing that they don't want to do with the olympics is they don't want to have like olympic type of skate parks mm. um, because they still want to keep that creative aspect of skateboarding where like the best skateboarder is going to be the one who's going to be able to adapt to any skate park right. and i think snowboarding is the same thing like you don't have like the same obstacles back to back to back to back to back all the time because they want to keep like they don't want people to be training for four years for <laughs> on the on, same like, course <laughs> oh, yeah exactly but that's what like if you think about it like that's what even though it's judged like artistic swimming and all these things like people like work on the same routine for four years yeah it's creative in a sense but like at the end of the day like if skateboarding was like that I don't think it would be that interesting no and I don't think it would give like the industry as a whole right like people want to travel to new countries to go snowboarding because they see a new park and they're like, oh, that has that, that feature that mine doesn't. Same with skateboarding. Like, oh, this legendary skate park in Europe I want to go to. Yeah. If it was all standard, like, why would anyone ever go anywhere different? Exactly. And that's that's what I think is cool about, like, one of the fear that people had with skateboarding being included in the Olympics is, like, it would lose that aspect of skateboarding. But, like, the people who took over, like, for example, in Canada, we... Um, I'm uh, I'm a founding member of Canada Skateboard. Like I was like, I'm on the board of Canada Skateboard and I was there when we created it because we wanted to take control of like, we wanted, if skateboarding is going to become this like federation and be part of like government and stuff, like we still want skateboarders involved and we still yeah. want like to have a say in what's going to happen with skateboard, like the growth of skateboarding in Canada, even though it's the Olympics or, you know, like we still want to, like it's pretty cool, like what, we're doing with Canada skateboard, I think. Like, and I don't know. I think skateboarders. I I don't think I know skateboarders really have that like control. Like, they want to stay in control of the industry and like how the sport is going to evolve. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. No, I love to hear that, and that's cool that you're on the the board for that because I think that's so important. That's something that snowboarding really struggled with because FIS, like the ski organization, took over our World Cup competitions and. Oh my God, there was so many fights and arguments and every World Cup was just like a battle. And yeah, it's really unfortunate when they just are like bad weather. No, you got to go because we have a TV schedule. And then the athletes are like, no, like this isn't safe. We can't highlight our best. You know, we can't show this and like too bad. Like that's how it works. And because there's no snowboarders, like who actually had a say, I know with like the world snowboard tour, I think they started they got like a board kind of, of snowboarders, but that ended up not being the Olympic qualifying. It was the world cup. And then there's like the world snowboard tour, which is really unfortunate. So I'm glad that skateboarding is kind of keeping to its roots. But the, for world skate though, like our world organization, it's like roller sport thing. Ah. We have, I think they, I'm not like super like involved with that, but I know like they, like on the world scale, they have issues a little bit. Yeah. But like in Canada, it's and in the U.S. too. Like I think like most countries have really good skateboarders involved. So that's good. Yeah, I think that's really important because in Canada we like really did a good job though. That's awesome. <laughs> that's really good to hear. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to touch quickly on mental health because I think that's kind of even how we connected. I think I saw something on your TikTok about mental health and. Well, I saw. Well, I think I. I'm not sure, but I saw some of your TikToks and I was like, 
this is me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, let's let's dive into it quickly oh, yeah. because I think mental health is so important to talk about in sports. And I think even it's talked about almost even less in action sports somewhat. Um, but I think, you know, because of the autonomy, it's easy to get isolated, to deal with some of these things on your own. So I think it's actually more important to kind of advocate and talk about it. So I'd love to know kind of maybe some things about your mental health journey and then also like some ways that you take care of your mental health while you're traveling and skating. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, one thing that like for me, the source of like everything that was hard because I've never really thought about mental health until the Olympics, to be honest, like I, yeah, in like personal life, like, okay, breakups and like stuff that people experience in life. But like, I never really worked on my mental health until the Olympics. And like, I didn't even know what mental toughness was. Before. Right. And so um, what happened is like, after, I think like when COVID hit, it became really hard. Like I was stressed out before because, because it's stressful, but like, it wasn't like, my whole life like the way I paid my rent and like everything so and when COVID hit with isolation and everything like it I I think I saw one of your TikToks where it said like you felt like you were falling out of love with snowboarding Mm. or something like that and that like sentence I was like this is what's happening like this Mm -hmm. is what I'm feeling like and skateboarding's been like the really like the glue that sticks all the layers of my life together since I was like 10 like that's the way I met all my friends like in school outside of school that's why I traveled like it's just like so much in my life that's why people say it's it's a lifestyle because that's what it is but like and then with the Olympics like it just became so stressful that I didn't even enjoy it anymore like when I said at the beginning like I was skateboarding or skateboarding like I was like training or skating for fun. But even when I was skating for fun, like I was barely getting like playful with skating anymore. It was just like, I felt like if I skated for fun, it was like, it's useless. Hmm. Like I need to be training for it to be like useful because it's my job, because that's what I do. And that's, and it's hard. Like I knew that it didn't make sense, but that's still how I felt. Yeah. And, um, and anyways, for me, that was like the biggest, that's how I realized that there was a problem with it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't even know, like, it just became so hard that like, at a certain point, I kind of wanted to quit because I was like, that's not what skateboarding is to me. Like, I don't want it to become, because I remember when I, in 2018, I went to Tokyo with a bunch of athletes from other sports, like from swimming, taekwondo, like, um, oh archery yeah archery like a bunch <laughs> of random sport like, yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna uh, and anyways a lot, like fencing like a lot of people oh yeah and, they, and I, I brought my board to tokyo for like a week and people were like you brought your board like i'm so happy i have a week off oh, my board and wow. i was like what do you mean a week off your sport like hmm? like you know what i mean like that's how i, I was like huh no i want to be skating like everywhere because that's what i do blah, blah. yeah and, like if I had to go back, I would not. No, that's not true. I would have brought my board. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I would feel really different. And that like, I don't know, that aspect to me was really hard. And I almost, that's what I was going to say. Like in January of this year, I was like, I'm, I want to quit. Like I told my parents, I was like, I'm not, there's no point. Because for me, I was always saying like, I want to appreciate the whole process mm-hmm. of anything. Like, 
like happiness is a journey, not a destination. Like that was like a big, like to me, that makes a lot of sense. But like at that point, the Olympic process was so not fun with COVID, especially. So yeah. I was like, I'm not even enjoying the process. And now they were like talking about like, not even had, like my parents can't come to the Olympics. Like you're going to be in that bubble. You can't get out of your hotel room. You're, you get there two days in or five days before you leave two days after. I was like the, so the process is not fun. And then the, even the like fun thing that you're supposed to be doing at the end is not even going to probably not even going to be fun. So I was like, why am I even putting my body and my head and like through all of this for like, for what? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I was seeing like a mental, um, a sports psychologist, And we like reframed it. And I remember one time I was in my gym here and I was looking around and I like started crying because I was like, I saw, because I was like, I felt so overwhelmed. And then I saw the trophies, like I have like national championship trophies and like stuff like that. And I, but then like I, instead of looking at the trophy, I was like looking at what happened that day, like for each of them. I was like, and I was like, that was so much fun. Why am I like, just thinking about the stressful stuff like yeah it was a stressful contest but like my parents came and like my grandmother like surprised me and came mm. and my agent was there and like my girlfriend at the time was there and like I don't know I just like started like seeing the positive of all these events and then I went back to all the way like why I started skating and how I felt when I was like learning tricks as a kid and I was looking at like photos of me when I was young skating and like I think like reframing the purpose of like what skateboarding is to me like really not like today uh, it's my job but like what skateboarding is to me like at, on a bigger level and that's how like now I'm like no nah, I'm good and, and the last competitions like I actually was having so much fun like even if I didn't qualify and that's why I think I was able like it wasn't the end of the world that I didn't qualify I think because I was like you know what, like, I'm actually enjoying myself right now at these competitions. Like, if I don't make it, I don't make it. But, like, at least I I, I had that realization before it was too late, I think. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm having fun. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate you sharing that because I hope that will hit home with a lot of athletes who might be feeling that burnout feeling or yeah they don't want to do their sport anymore because it's become something different and um like you saw with that video that's kind of you know what happened to me and I remember going to therapy that summer after I stepped away from snowboarding and my therapist got me to write a letter to snowboarding because I felt so much resentment to the sport because I was like this sport turned into something that now I'm getting concussions, broken ribs, all these things. And I'm like, for what? Like, why am I doing this? And I started falling out of love with it. So all of a sudden I started getting angry. Like maybe I should have been doing a different sport and all these things. And so like writing a letter and I was like, oh, wow. Like, no, this brought me so many memories. Like I've, you know, I got to this level. I got to do this. Yeah. My family got to come. Uh, I had support of this and these sponsors and these, like that was really therapeutic to look back in the big picture. Yeah. But also like not even, I mean, look back is fun, but like <clears throat> for people who are like doing their sports right now, like you can, you don't have to wait until it's too late. Like, I feel like I almost did that. And yeah. I think seeing your TikToks helped and like having people who have gone through the same thing before you helps and, yeah. and talk about it because a lot of people have gone through it, but never really talked about it or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I think what you're doing is really cool. And like, I, if I can do the same thing, I just did a, really long interview in skatism it's like okay. a, a skate magazine 
and it's like a 10 page interview about mental health and it's like oh, that's awesome yeah that was like a two-hour interview only about like all these things and it's cool because there's you and there's like a snowboard another snowboarder jed anderson he's like a, oh yeah yeah so he did a really good interview in in uh, torment mag and i read his interview and i was like this is the best interview i've ever read in like about like skateboarding and snowboarding culture because it's about mental health and like so many other things and like oh yeah when you went to portugal like <laughs> how were the bars like sometimes yeah. magazines are like that and i'm like i don't care yeah <laughs> that's ah so um i don't know for me like and yeah the mental aspect was like very new and so i think that's why it was so hard if we if people talked about it more and like were more open about it i think it wouldn't even be a big deal anymore yeah no that that's literally why i create videos and talk about it because i didn't have anyone to look at or see or anyone especially in snowboarding that was talking about mental health and so of course i was like hey what's wrong with me and then i left the sport um and like who knows what would have happened if i would have seen something you know different or someone just normalize it or been able to talk with someone about it before i had to like get to that point yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, it is really important. I know we're running super low on time because you got to run in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, I have two super quick. It's like the last questions I ask everybody. So we'll run through them really quickly. The first one is what is out of all your daily habits? What's the one biggest game changer for you? Drinking water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> just water or water with electrolytes? Uh, it depends on the, but just like drinking in general like I wake up I get I have a little like shooter oh. like beside my sink uh, in my kitchen a little shooter of um like it's um turmeric and black pepper okay yep. take like a shooter in the morning but like it's funny because sometimes people come and I just have a shooter like like as if I take shots like for fun <laughs> yeah but it's like a, it's like my uh my morning like shot and then just like I always try to eat a glass, uh, drink a glass of water when I wake up. I go to bed with like a glass of water and I, I try to drink before. So like all these things, because I don't know, like the little things like that, you don't realize that they're so important for your body. And sometimes like you can feel stressed, but maybe, maybe you just had too much coffee or maybe like, <laughs> sometimes it's super physical. Like it's not even just so, and the physical stuff is super easy to control. Yeah. So that's why I was like, drinking water or like eating healthy and stuff like that like I have a lot of habits I actually uh, read the power of habits this year I I'm I think 18 or 19 books into 2021 oh wow that's good that's yeah. good so that's a habit that I started this year too so um audiobooks oh yeah those are good. I just like instead of like because podcasts and stuff like sometimes you listen to so many things yeah and I do that but I also like started audiobooks like if I'm on the road I can just like listen to an audiobook or if I cook yes oh yeah audiobooks are game changer I think that's like the biggest flex is to say that you're that many books into 2021 I know <laughs> I almost didn't say it <laughs> no it's like the coolest flex like someone could come on here and say I make this much money or whatever I'm like that doesn't matter like tell me how many, <laughs> books <laughs> how many books did you read <laughs> yeah awesome okay the last one is it's a tough one, but it can be quicker. It can be long, but it's, you're looking back at the end of, like you're at the end of your life. What is the impact that you wanted to have made, but like in one word? Uh, 
it's hard um <laughs> in one word <laughs> yeah that's what makes it hard that's why it can be quick or it can be well I was gonna like inspiration but like that's the vaguest thing ever like because can I say it in more <laughs> yeah yeah you can say it in more ways you can elaborate like I just hope that when people see like everything that I did they just like get inspired to do what they like and do things that maybe like society or people are telling them that they can't do because they're women or like or especially women I think like yeah I get a lot of messages of like people who um, or even like just I have a cup that says giving skateboarding a bad name since 2002 <laughs> and that's like when I was young it's like a uh I can't remember. I think it's a baker cup. So anyways. Yeah. But like for me, like I want to almost like give skateboarding a good name. Like I want people to look at, like I get a lot of emails this week because I was on the news a lot this week because I didn't qualify for the Olympics and blah, blah. And so it's, it's those days where <laughs> like I'm getting a lot of like media attention for something I, I failed at. <laughs> yeah. And the, <laughs> And so, but I still want people to look, like hear what I'm saying and be like, okay, like you can fail, but you can also like, it's not negative, it's positive. Like, and you can take so much positive out of it because in skateboarding, we're used to failing. And we know that if you keep going or if you fall this time, doesn't mean the next time you're going to fall and like all these things. So I want people to like hear what I say or how I go through life and be inspired by it. I love that. I think that's amazing. And I think anyone, there's a parents who are listening today, they'll, they'll be, you know, they'll think again about putting their kid into skateboarding if they were hesitant first, because, you know, you talking about the mental skills you learned about the resilience, all those things, hopefully it inspires, you know, the younger generation to get into it and parents to be accepting of it. Yeah, of course. Hopefully. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great to uh, talk a bit about your story. I'm sure we could have gone on about mental health and different things for longer. Um, But yeah, excited to keep following your journey and skateboarding and life and everything else. And again, thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, I think that the greatest gift in life is presence. So thank you so much for gracing me with your presence of tuning in to this episode. Now, something that I would appreciate a ton and would help this podcast keep growing is if you, one, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media so more people can find the podcast and hopefully we can help impact more people. As well as number two is if you can leave a rating and a written review. That means so much. And once again, thank you for being here.